0: Mac Football Pod, Caleb, you're sick. Caleb, you're sick. Underdog, underdog. Yeah, that's me. Under the weather. Well, like under the, Well, you're not really under the weather. What did you do? Like yell at like children all day and lose your voice that way? Or were you at another concert? Or did one of your uh, children on the football team show you one of those TikToks where? Uh, you can smoke a whole pack of cigarettes and try to do a podcast right afterwards and you're doing this to prove them wrong. Is that what's actually going on?
1: No, what actually happened is I was trying to emulate uh, Hank Hill on that episode of King of the Hill where <laughs> he, ma- he makes Bobby smoke all the all the cigs. Um, I tried to keep up with him for every cig and uh, now here I am.
0: Eh,
2: that's a good way of doing it. Justin.
1: Big fella. Justin. Big fella.
2: What's up, guys? How you doing? I'm doing good. Hey, Have you guys seen those like climate activists that throw food at paintings? Yes.
0: (sighs) Okay, I saw a picture of it and I didn't wanna investigate any further. Uh, I've been away from my computer for most of the day so I couldn't like get interneted with any more information. Please explain.
2: Um, Well, there's not much to explain except like it's their form of climate protest. They like glue their hands to the wall after throwing food items at expensive paintings. The latest casualty was a $110 million Monet painting in germany um none of that's important my question for you guys is if you could throw a food item at the like prized trophy possession of your rival what would it be i mean tomato comes to mind first i was thinking tomato soup it was between that and like a pot
1: pie i don't think there's anything any object that would be quite as satisfying as throwing a pie into the face of you know like yachty molina or uh, <laughs> they, perhaps like Ben Roethlisberger, Heinz mm-hmm. Heinz Ward, a mud something pie. like that.
0: Yeah, definitely, yeah. I definitely give him a mud pie. Yeah, no, I uh, I haven't really thought about that too much. Why? Uh, why what, what's your answer? Well, other than the pot pie,
2: oh, the pot pie. I mean, or like thirty pounds of ground up Lafayette County dogs thrown at <laughs> Brett Favre.
0: Ooh, that's actually probably worse than the mud pie.
1: Yeah, how you like that, Brett?
0: <laughs> oh man, there's mustard on me. Oh fuck, I smell like onions. Yeah, no, that's a bad day. Uh we're through week eight of Maxon. Um, we're through the half the halfway point of the season. Of the max season, which means Jesus Christ, man, this next half, this next four games for everybody is going to be a ride like Now's the time to call your family and check up on them and let them know that you're doing okay right now because these next four months or next four months these next four weeks they're they're gonna change you they're gonna change you and they need to know that after those four weeks like you're a changed person and at that point you're gonna need like a little bit more love and care and all that stuff because right now it is not easy to be playing in the MAC and figuring out where you're at um, shit Western won a game Western beat Miami. Eastern could Eastern could win the west Eastern could be in last place I don't know Akron Akron you're still bad but this is a crazy crazy season that it's been uh Justin can you tell me like some of the scores that we've seen uh this weekend?
2: Yeah. Um, Kent State beat Akron 33-27. Akron had some costly turnovers in that game. Akron's bad, but they're, like, good bad. You know what I mean? Like, they're getting better um, every week. I, uh, they just can't quite get over the hump.
0: They're getting um, better.
2: The, <laughs> hey, I like that. that. <clears throat> um, Buffalo's won five in a row. They Just beat Toledo, uh, which I'm sure we'll, we'll save a lot of conversation for that. Uh, they beat them by a touchdown. Bowling Green beat Central Michigan 34 to 18. Uh, 34 to 27 was the score of the Buffalo Toledo game, if you didn't know. Eastern Michigan beat Ball State 20 to 16. Uh, Alex, who's Eastern's quarterback?
0: It, it is Austin Smith right <laughs> now. It is Austin Smith. Oh,
2: cool. That's it changes all the time. Yeah,
0: it does. Yeah, um, I mean sometimes and... with injury, but this time uh, I don't think that was really the case. Like it was never spoken about. I did not ask. I I am just gonna say I didn't ask. I was in the press conference uh, Zoom call. I didn't ask. Uh, there <laughs> there were a lot of injuries though, and there were just a lot of players like kept on the sidelines. And I'm just like, you know what? This is not the time or space to kind of parse this out. But uh,
2: uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, very aesthetically pleasing box score for Eastern Michigan this week. Zero ten, zero ten, for a twenty to sixteen win. Just looks really pretty. Did you um, guys think
0: like how much buy in were we doing for Ball State going into the week? Because like we were kind of saying like I, I I know like I'm kind of like pausing where we should be going ahead, but like we did say that Ball State was improving, and it kind of I don't know. So that it wasn't like, cause the three teams that it like had second half comeback wins against were pretty bad. NIU pretty bad central and Yukon, which, you know, you have to talk yourself into thinking that they're pretty decent. So I think I
2: they've stalled out at like a team that's just going to play close games yeah. and like lose them too. And then lose them too. Yeah. Um, yeah, their trajectory kind of stopped going upwards, so they seem to have kind of hit a wall there. Um, speaking of hitting a wall, NIU seemed like they were turning a corner, but it turns out when Rocky Lombardi can't play, it's a completely different team. They lose by a touchdown to Ohio 24-17. Uh, and then Western Michigan, as you mentioned, uh, won a damn game. <laughs> <laughs> uh SP plus post-game win probability for that game for Western was like 30%. I think they played the final nine minutes of the fourth quarter inside their own 50 because they, they just couldn't punt out of it. And Miami kept pinning them down on the three-yard line. And Western was down to uh the, the quarterback Trayson Borgay who started the season as their third string quarterback. Um and yeah, they won. I I don't know. And Brett Brett played. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, everything will just be fine when he gets back.
2: What in the hell?
0: Is this the funniest result of the year so far?
2: Um, in the MAC, yeah. I mean, college football wide, the funniest result out of the MAC is still Bowling Green beating Marshall a week after they beat Notre Dame yeah. and a week yeah, after yeah. they lost to yeah, EKU. No, but this one's this That's one's pretty, pretty out there. That's pretty like, good. They were already like Miami is already like six and a half point favorites. They were coming off the loss to Bowling Green, um, so like it was kind of on shaky ground. But yeah, like, Gabbard's back. It's gonna be yeah. Like
0: right. Miami should have found twenty one points and called it a day. Like
2: their offensive line just got obliterated. Like it was weird seeing Western's defense play like like how like as advertised. Right? It was like the defense they were supposed to have, mm-hmm. which you know. Listen, like, I I think it says more. Everything about that game says more about Miami than Western. Western still can't score um, on anybody. But, like, I, mean, I don't think. I
0: scored 16 points on Miami, so.
2: Okay, but listen, I don't think Western scored more than 16 points on an FBS school not named Ball State. That's actually, that's actually true. I'm not even going to look that up because <laughs> it was, they scored a bunch of points against New Hampshire. Yeah,
0: uh, it was 23 against Eastern.
2: Oh. <laughs> Okay, in not garbage time.
0: <laughs> hey, hey man, yeah. keep qualifying. They, they got there. You're, hey, right. The point You're right. You're Still stands. Like the offense is still not. It's, it's doing garbage, what it and like it's not it's very getting very any better from what we've seen it before.
2: Yeah, but if that defense plays like that, I don't know. Like maybe they'll steal a game or two. It's kind of the part of the year where Western sort of goes on their like three game win streaks. Like they've done it pretty much every year. Uh, This reminds me a lot of I think it was 2018 when they like they got clubbed by Ohio at home on like a Thursday night or something like that. I think they were down like 40 points before halftime or something like that. And then they like rattled off three straight wins and then lost to um, Ball State on the road or something like that. So like that's something that might happen here. Yeah, like yeah. Win a couple games and lose to Central. Yeah, with
0: these players. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally buy into that.
2: Yeah, and maybe like they beat a lame duck Toledo or something. Although Toledo's opportunities for being a lame duck at that point in the season just got a lot smaller.
0: Okay, Toledo's not going to keep playing Buffalo all year though.
2: No, but we don't know how how get it. I I get it. Quan I get
0: it. You look at that fourth quarter. Look at that, and that that tells you a lot of what you need to worry about. It's that 24 to nothing loss in the fourth quarter that wiped out, you know, the 27 10 lead that you hit, that you came into it with. Right. You know, I, I didn't watch too much of it in real time. Um, I still have to like go back and research and all that, but like, that's, that's unforgivable. That is truly, truly unforgivable. Like it doesn't matter how good Buffalo really is. And it doesn't matter like how good or how well coached of a team they are. Like, if you're Toledo for all you're worth, and you're up twenty-seven ten in the fourth quarter against anybody in the country, I, I don't care who it is. Like you don't fuck that up. You.
2: They were dominant in this game, like for three quarters. This this was like turn the game off, it's over type thing.
0: What? what so I'm gonna pull up the box score right now, but what? It, What do we know? I don't know how much you guys got to see of it, but what do we know of these uh, six turnovers that that fucked him to lose by one
2: touchdown? It was like if it rains, it pours type thing. Like it got like I think the last interception that well, Finn Finn threw the sixth interception on the last play of the game.
0: Yeah, which he got hurt (laughs) on too. I
2: saw right, which is I think for is the biggest issue with Toledo long term is his health. Yeah. Um. I didn't see enough of the play to wonder if they could be roughing the passer, but I'm glad they, you know they let it go as long as it wasn't dirty or anything like that. But like he threw that pick, which I don't really hold against him. He had to try to make a play, and then the pick before that that he threw though, Toledo was kind of getting into Buffalo territory. It looked like one of those things where it was like, all right, Goliath's figured it out, right? Mm-hmm. Not that Buffalo's much of a David, but they were a touchdown underdog at home. Um, he threw it. He just like didn't see the defender. And just threw it basically right at him, and that was where it was like. Uh oh, like something's wrong here. I don't know if he's seeing ghosts or, or what's going on here, but um, he was picked off by Marcus Fuqua three times, I believe.
1: That's insane.
2: Yeah, three times. Um,
1: Fuqua's got uh, Fuqua's got five interceptions this year too.
2: Yeah. Five other ones or five total with the five three? Total, total. Yeah. Two before, yeah still. still. Big year. I'd be curious to see what the total stats were like for each team entering the fourth quarter of that game. <clears throat> because like watching it, it was like, like Buffalo was not really moving the ball as effectively without – like they didn't have a bad game. Like they averaged four yards per carry, <clears throat> 6.3 yards per pass. Like it wasn't anything – there wasn't much, like, electrifying offensively from either team.
0: Yeah, Buffalo, their drives, the, before they got into, like, scoring touchdowns in the third quarter, Buffalo's drives ended by uh missed field goal, turnover on downs, punt, 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 turnover on downs, field goal in the third quarter. Now uh, punt, turnover on downs, and then three straight touchdowns, fumble, field goal.
2: Can't turn the ball over, kids.
0: No, not six times. No. Not even, I mean, five times. Even Like, the six really doesn't matter, but...
2: Right. And this is why, like, Toledo is, like, engineered in a lab to fool statistical models is because they were essentially minus four in the turnover battle and still only lost by a touchdown on the road.
1: We were just talking about, I think it was Alex was talking about, you know, one of the only, one of the things that Finn does well you know, I mean, they obviously, they, they score some touchdowns, the statistics with, the statistics with, uh, with DeJuanfin Deco- were never mind-blowing, but he doesn't really turn the ball over, um, but if Toledo has shown us anything, it's that they will fall apart in one of these games halfway through late in the MAC play, uh, so for Toledo to turn the ball over six times, it kind of just feels like, eh, well, yeah, of course this is going to happen at some point, it's almost like, as as unbelievable as it would seem that a team would dominate like this, and seemingly have it in the bag, and then let it fall apart, it's like, well, no, no it's Toledo. Of course, this is this has happened. Like mm-hmm. this doesn't surprise me at all. Like clockwork. Yeah, it, you just, I just expect this to happen. Mm-hmm. I'm not sitting here like, oh man, Toledo, what are you doing? It's like, yeah, Toledo's going to do that. Whatever.
0: It, it's just it's weird because like I think, in some instances, like like he saw enough turnover on the roster right and in the coaching staff too and not at the head coaching spot of course but like enough to, like enough change in some areas and like some like good play and fin for me to like come to that and be like you know toledo's doing something right like i don't think they're as bad at like they're not 2018 you know bad they're not that level like and they lost so many games in like the time between like their last championship and still you know still haven't had one since but like in these past few years, like a lot of their their errors have been like on special teams too, like a lot a lot of special teams just hiccups, and that's what got them to lose some stupid games, including um, Scott Lawler's first one over Toledo uh, at Bowling Green, and at some point like they just stopped seeing those though, and so it's weird to have like this game where the the outlier like this is the incredible outlier game where Toledo you know isn't a team where it create like it it doesn't turn the ball over a whole lot. Like, it does make good choice with the football, but then you... How... Why is it cosmically, like... Why is it cosmically like this? Where, nope, you must have a five-turnover game, a six-turnover game against Buffalo, which is a good again. Like, why why is this cosmically, like, a line to always happen? That's what I just don't understand. I mean, I can accept it. I do. I, I As much as I don't want to you know keep rejecting it and keep being wrong about it but I don't understand why this is always the case
2: they did this you know they did this already this year you know like not as dramatically but like a more condensed ver a more condensed version against San Diego State right yeah so like the San Diego State stat line had 20 yeah and like Ohio State going to get 40%. your ass kicked
0: anyways but like you probably also had a bad game at the same time so
2: Right, so they turned the ball over four times to San Diego State's one and lost by three on the road, right? And they had the lead with two minutes left. And it was just another situation where the defense was dominant all game and then just for a split second it wasn't. Um, and that was another one where Finn threw a pick on the last play of the game. So really it was three turnovers to one. But it's like it's essentially like if Toledo doesn't turn the ball over a ton, they're fine. And when they do, they're not. I know that sounds like oversimplified, but like for them, especially it's, they're not just like losing the turnover battle two to one in these games. They're just coughing it up all the time.
1: Fun little sidebar. Um, Jonathan Batsky, the Toledo punter in this game. He's got like the 80, I'm looking at uh, some reference tweets or reference stats. He's got like the 81st best punting average in the country. He had a 91-yard punt in this game. Legend. They were they were on the nine-yard line. He kicked the ball from in the end zone.
0: I'm just not out about
1: this. The ball landed on the 30 and bounced into the end zone. What do they put in the legs of people from Australia? What nor, like normally I see they got these Australian-style punters. And they do like the rollout thing, and then whatever, and they rugby style on it. That is not what happened. He did a traditional punt. it went seventy yards in the air and rolled another thirty.
0: That's insane. That's really good. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know what they, uh, what they feed those kids, but
1: I want a bite. They, they probably eat those like hand sized spiders. Just pick them up off the to. ground. they eat yeah. Yeah. Um, Eat, or, eat or be eaten. Yep.
2: On that Toledo point, do you guys know how many turnovers they have total in their wins this year? Right. Go with two. I, I'd love to learn. It is two.
1: Ooh.
2: Um, they had six yesterday, so I, I just suffice it to say in their losses, it's a lot. It's double digits. Hmm. Um, pretty – obvious i guess like i can't put my finger on like the reason why they're turning the ball over i don't know enough about like scheme like what teams are doing to turn them over i do know like buffalo turns a lot of people over right so and gets defensive touchdowns so i don't like i think that's just a characteristic of their game and maybe it was just a tough matchup for them um but like two turnovers against ohio state four against san diego state six against buffalo and there's your losses. I mean the Ohio State loss is happening no matter what no matter what. That wasn't the turnover margin problem, but like for San Diego State and Buffalo, it was. And you just throw a couple don't throw a couple picks and don't put the ball on the ground. And like this team is seven and one. And like they're playing mostly like a seven and one team. Yeah. But now like they're gonna have to sweat a noon game in Ypsilanti. <laughs>
0: Man, don't, okay, don't get me started on this. No, they're not. Eastern has a home game against Toledo. But team.
2: if, okay, if, if Daquan Fin is hurt, I don't know anything g- about it. I don't know. Like, I understand what you're saying. Like, Buffalo's is very good. So, like, they're not going to play Buffalo every week. Everything looks like a cakewalk yeah, for and Toledo. They
0: had to throw so many interceptions and turn the ball over five times for them to lose by one touchdown.
1: Like, I,
0: and, I, and like, yeah, it's like that means like they're totally capable of doing it again, because otherwise they wouldn't be called Toledo. But like, I just. I don't know, man, like. I've talked myself into like so many like, oh, maybe, you know, like so many of those games were like, maybe they could do it. Like, I just I'm not even going to like waste my time into like entertaining the thought of Eastern possibly beating Toledo and winning. Not winning, but at least like being atop the MAC West standings for like just a moment, um, and you know maybe close out the season undefeated to win the West. I'm not even gonna entertain that thought even for a moment. <laughs> I'm not doing it. Not doing it. Not doing it, man.
2: No, I mean, yeah, the game Ball State, will happen. All is a
0: pretty them. bad team. Like Eastern does not have the offense to take down a Toledo. Like, all right, if. Eastern's going to beat Toledo. It's going to need like a lot of that turnover luck again, right? It's going to need more of that. But all of those turnovers have to be like around midfield just so Eastern can get like, you know, 15 yards hopefully on mm-hmm. the drive and like if they can't get any further than that then they get like six field goals out of its kicker. Like I think it's just going to have to like
2: shoot A grind.
0: Yeah, it's, they're going to have to like
2: do So it. You know what Eastern should do is, you know what other game is in the area that day, right?
0: Yeah, I've heard. I've heard.
2: Yeah. It's a night game, though.
0: I'll be in Columbus.
2: (laughs) (laughs) A fitting place to be on Michigan-Michigan State weekend. But what Eastern should do is... You know, damn the gate revenue. They should offer, like, free tickets to, like, every Michigan State fan that came down for the game because they're already in green and white and then just yeah. let them pack Ryan Earson and just feed them booths. Yeah. And be like, we're playing a blue and gold team today.
0: Free advertising, Eastern. Like, you
2: guys, you guys want to come get some booing in? Like, tickets to the big house are expensive. You want to come down? You can come down here for free to Ryan Harrison and just pack and screen at Toledo. Maybe they don't have to give them away for free. I feel like if you're coming down here to tailgate, you can afford like a $15 ticket. Yeah,
0: that's enough for like you and your two friends.
2: Yeah. That would actually be really funny. Like have like a 75% full Ryanerson with like people in Spartan gear. It would be good. (laughs) Hey, man, whatever it takes.
0: So, you know, what's going to be great? Is when this when the Mac West comes down to like a five-way th- tie where everybody is five and three, which is like totally possible because there's still a lot of like crossover games to be played throughout November. And so like a lot of these teams could like improve, you know, and like get into you know get into that range and like kind of like implode on, along the way. Like I don't know. Like there's there's a possibility where <laughs> EMU could be six and two and it could be like, oh, six you're I'm six and two, ball state, you're six and two. Oh, but we beat you, ball state. Oh, we're we're six and two, and Toledo's six and two. Oh, but we beat you Toledo. Sorry. Like that'd be that'd be pretty cool. Uh, but there's also like, you know, what I just said, like the five and three scenarios where like there's a three-way tie or there's a four-way tie, there's a possibility for a five-way tie. It's I love this part of the year. And you know what? This is to say that I'm glad the conference did not expand because I can't look at divisions and be like, oh, it's like five teams deep because it just it would not be that way with uh, with uh, I, I don't believe it'd be that way with 14 teams. So just wanted to throw that in there. Just want to squeeze it in there. OK, carry on.
2: You're right that this is a fun part of the year because pretty much every team is still alive. Except for Akron. Except for Akron and as someone who played <clears throat> on a few bad football teams in my time i understand intimately what it's like to have to lie to yourself to keep going yeah because like um and there's you know, only
0: one team that has to play spoiler sorry no
2: <laughs> Again, i different. mean you're right but and like in football's unique in that like if you show up unprepared like not only are you like mentally dejected but you can actually get seriously hurt if you don't come to play so it's like there's a self-preservation to being like yeah i guess we could still win mm-hmm. like in high school we started zero and three and then beat a really bad team and i was like we could win five more in a row we did not uh for obvious reasons uh, mostly being because we sucked but this is the kind of position that a lot of the mac finds itself in because like it takes like a special level of psycho to be like in Western Michigan's position to be like two and five and be like, well, all our goals are in front of us, even though it's technically not wrong.
0: Yeah. It's and great. I think, yeah. And like, like yeah, they, they'd be totally honest with themselves in saying that. And then like come December, come February, they can look back on the year and they'd be like, what the fuck, I did that for a team that finished three and, three and nine? Right, right. What? I really thought I was in this?
2: <laughs> Which is still the most likely scenario but I'm, I'm in my head the most diabolical thing i could think of is that like western michigan ekes out three very winnable games here against bowling green niu in central michigan <laughs> and then makes me have to freaking care about the black friday game against Toledo. <laughs> it's the hope that keeps you in it man because That's they why we would, love football they would win the tiebreaker <laughs>
0: Caleb is Ohio going to win the east? Do you do you have any hope for Ohio in the east? I mean they're doing well, but they have to uh you know, they still have to face Bowling Green at the end of the year, which is going to be terrible. And you got Buffalo coming up.
1: I mean, I don't expect them to win. If you look at you know, the actual performances of these teams, Ohio's lost to Kent. Kent's not impressive. They can play a close game against Damn near anybody.
0: I'm looking at five winning performances and three losing performances.
1: So I already kind of like projected out who I thought Ohio would win and lose against. But like looking at it now, like they play, like just beating NIU feels like a nice thing. It's not something that Ohio has done a ton in recent years. Um, you know, I attended the the homecoming game in 2019 when NIU won on the last second field goal, when I was covering it for the Decal Paper, the Daily Chronicle. Um, so just seeing Ohio in this situation, it's interesting because, like you know, I got my group text going with my buddies, and we're like, "Damn, were we too? Uh, were we too hard on Tim Alvin? Was it not justified?" And it's and you know, there's a part of it. It's like, yeah, you think you know too much. Maybe you jumped the gun a little bit, but also this conference freaking sucks. So, yeah. you, you just have to not suck as hard. And Ohio's offense is playing well enough for them to beat teams who are very shitty and that's all it really takes sometimes. So I don't expect them to win because Buffalo is playing good football and obviously just beat Buffalo, just beat the only other team in the conference with a better point uh, point differential this season, Buffalo and Toledo are the only teams in the Mac that across their whole schedule um, have a positive point differential and Buffalo just beat the only other team to do that. Right. Um, and that's after not playing good football for most of the game. So no, uh, even if Ohio found a way to beat Buffalo, I still don't think Buffalo is going to lose two more games mm-hmm. uh, in the rest of the MAC <clears> schedule. <throat> so, so, no, I do not think Ohio is going to win it. No, this is when I
0: thought Buffalo was going to start winning games,
1: but they're already they're
0: already ahead of that. They're already ahead of schedule. Yeah, though, they already so. got there. So now I'm like, you know what? They're just going to win the MAC. Buffalo is going to win the MAC.
1: Do we know what their overall turnover differential looks like? I feel like that's a good sign that. You know, every game Buffalo's passing for 200 plus yards. Um, their turn their touchdown to turnover from Snyder is usually pretty solid. Washington and Cook are give them good stuff. They're getting they're getting more production from more receivers than they did in the last few years. Because mm-hmm. normally they'd have like a receiver or two who's giving them good production, but now they're getting it from more. So, I think the look of Buffalo is very much more like in line with what a MAC championship team should look like. And I think after this week, we've kind of seen. That even if they don't have the formula, they can find ways to win games. So I think it's got to be. If, I mean, obviously they've got the best MAC record, but uh, the way they're going about it is the best sign towards saying Buffalo's is the heavy favorite now.
2: Yeah, they're uh... plus eight Caleb.
0: Oh, I'm looking at plus seven on CFB stats, um, which would be 15th in the nation. But I mean, that uh, sounds
2: eight. right. I was just I, I looked at just at the averages per game. I must have just oh okay
1: multiplied wrong. So you said top top fifteen in the nation?
0: Uh, yeah, fifteenth. Yeah, uh, which is like which is good enough for uh, best in the MAC, uh, right over Bowling Green and Ohio, which are both tied for twenty second nationally at plus six in the turnover margin. So that's what, that's what I'm looking at. I'm looking at the margin. Let's see.
1: It's a good, it's a good formula for victory.
0: Total gained, uh, Buffalo. Total gained. Is 17 total for Buffalo, which is fourth in the nation.
2: Caleb, what's more likely in your mind? Ohio goes six and two in conference play, or four and four?
1: Six and two, because going forward, you know they've got weeknight action. Even against Buffalo, they've got it at home. There's a decent chance they play a good game there, even if they lose. Uh, they head into more games. They're at Miami. Miami's playing shit football. There's really not an excuse for losing that game. They very well could, but they shouldn't lose.
0: That, that's when um, Miami pulls it out of their ass.
1: They could, and but you know Ohio's going to be favored, even. Well, Ohio's probably going to be favored unless they get stomped on by Buffalo. Ohio goes to Ball yeah, State.
0: I think Ohio's going to rally past
1: Ball State easily. Ohio Ball State's not improving, improving like we thought they would. Um, well, like we thought they were doing, they're not. Um, so the fact that they're going on the road and they could lose some of these games—that's very possible. Um, and then Bowling Green's playing better football. They're not turning the ball over. Um, McDonald's finally got a shit figured out. They're running the ball well. Um So, I mean, it's totally possible they go four and four, but I think it's much more likely they go six and two.
2: I think so too. And I mostly asked because I, I wanted to open up the opportunity for you to talk shit about Miami.
1: <laughs> look, That's look, so they're bad. bad. Like Gabbert's back and they ain't shit. And our old friend, uh, you know Chucky Laplante, right? Is like over over here. Is like I I know I, I can't I do not say his name right, but you know I love me Chuck. Um, he's not listening he,
0: to this. He's way too smart for this. Yeah, yeah are I you kidding me? Yeah, sorry to everybody that's listening <laughs> to this, but like the Chuck is so goddamn smart compared to you.
1: Yeah. Is it
2: is it better or worse if Chuck doesn't listen? Like actually does? Because like if he is listening and is like, what the fuck? They think I'm too smart.
1: <laughs> that's, it, well, it, if he it, it, listens, it then I feel my, bad for his clients. It lessens my opinion of him if he listens to us. Uh, he's truly stooping to an interesting level. Now, um, that he was he was basically saying, look, it's like, look, Chuck Martin's done what he's done, but what is the actual incentive? What's the reasoning for keeping Chuck Martin around at this point? Like, he has accomplished something. But I'm starting to be of the opinion that somebody else could have done the same damn thing with Miami's pedigree, recruiting uh, area, like the who they recruit. The types of kids they get, the type of athletes they get. I'm starting to think that they might need to go coach shopping.
0: Oh yeah, they definitely do.
2: I I think so too. I don't think it has to be full on like we're gonna we're gonna can the guy and then jump into this job market, but like they gotta be talking about it, right?
0: Well what's what would be cause for like finally getting there then? Like what's the difference between doing it now and you know, kicking the can for a couple more weeks?
2: So I've been I've been like chewing on this like all week or I shouldn't say well, even before they lost to Western, I, I thought that this was a possibility, but like, and just like Mac more broadly and Caleb, you hit on it about like how, like where we, were we too hard on Tim Albin, but then like, also you have to consider that the conference is really bad. And it's like, I think two things are happening this season in particular is one, a lot of schools are going to trick themselves into thinking they got something when they might not. Right yeah and then or at least feel safe right and then a lot of schools might talk themselves out of firing a guy just because a lot of people are going to do it and admittedly i kind of thought like i was going through the list of max schools i'm like yeah they could i could see them making a change i could see them making a change and like the number just kept growing and growing and i'm like yeah that doesn't seem right like we shouldn't have that much turnover but on the flip side the conference is really bad, and the biggest offenders are the guys who have been here a while. So maybe yeah, everyone like does so need long to without just without
0: having turnover. That's the thing.
2: And and it's not good. Like, and not good. Miami's not good. Western Michigan's not good. Bowling Green is. I'm just gonna assume they're still bad. Right, Toledo is leaving a lot on the table, and it's like, what are we? maybe everyone does need to just let it go. Chuck Martin included. Like, I don't see why not. He has the Mac title, but beyond that, like you would think a school like Miami quarterback injury or not with like the tenured coach would be positioned specifically to win a conference that's structured exactly like this this year. And they just aren't, they're not even close.
0: Yeah, no, Miami, like, looks the exact same as what he – like, as he – I shouldn't say, like, looks exactly the way he found it, but it's looking damn near close to, like, 2015 levels. No.
2: Yeah, I mean, they're not – they were really bad, though. Like, I don't think it's quite that bad. Because if it was, then it wouldn't be as disappointing, right? Like, they were still preseason favorites. But, like, they're in the division anyway. But, like, like those 15 and 16 teams would never have been considered to win more than a game, right?
1: Yeah, those teams, when you looked at those older teams, uh, pre-Martin and start of Martin era, you went into every game expecting them to lose. You went into every game. Miami's going to lose this game. That is not where Miami's at now. That is a credit to the coaching staff and guys they have there, but really starting to think that this, the Mac is turn a, turning a corner on some of these older coaches and they just kind of go.
2: It can't get much worse. Cause I think like this is it's like, remember the knock on Martin before they got the title was like, they lost a lot of close games. Right. And then in 2019, they won those close games and they got a title out of it. They're losing those games again. Like they won the three point game against Northwestern Kent state cool but like four point loss to buffalo four point loss to Bowling green six point loss to western michigan like at some point it's like this is just a thing and like you're kind of just doomed every year to just like try to coin flip your way through the season like i just there i think they can have better things than that
0: yeah like i've the way i've been trying to think of it goes Of course, I spend a lot of time thinking about Eastern Michigan because, hey, yo, sign up for uh, updates at Ipsy11.com if you're still listening. But, I mean, if you're an Eastern fan and you're, you know, thinking about this very topic that we're thinking about right now, right? Like the coaching market, where does our MAC team's coach fit in this, right? Chris Creighton, you know, if you're riding the, you know, the roller coaster of the season that Eastern's had, you know, week three beat Arizona State and people go, oh my gosh, how, you know, Blah blah blah. He's doing so well against P five schools. Oh my gosh. Blah 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 blah. He's taking a school like Eastern Michigan of all places to, you know, four power five wins. Right. Fast forward a little bit. This season sucks. Like you, it took one week for the season to suck immediately. And then, do it again with another home loss by twenty nine points again. And then he he keep twice Creighton answered with you know I was out coached. I was out coached today, probably all week. Like you, you can't have that. You can't have that. Like especially if you're going to be like honest about it, like you can't have that. And then now, you know, holy shit. We're one win away from maybe winning the division for the first time. Who knows? Or leaving the division, I shouldn't say winning. Yeah, I don't know because like when when do when is it right? When does it make sense like When do you have enough information to know, like, this ain't it or this is it or this is about as good as it's going to get for anybody? So let's not move the needle. I think that's why Eastern's kind of stuck with Creighton for as long as they have and why Miami has stuck with Martin for as long as they have because, like, I don't know, their negative cycles are really bad, but, like, they're bound to, like, come back, right? Like, they're bound to come back in the next two years. I don't know. Like, why, why why am I already defaulting to that? Why am I already defaulting to, like, no, no, no. These 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 coaches got it under control. Like, why am I already defaulting to? I don't know, man. It's it's tough. Like, I I'm with you. Like, I want to know if if Miami should get rid of its coach because I think I think they kind of should, but I don't know. It's it's all very confusing.
2: It's tough as hell. This it's not year. easy
0: to do when you're broke
2: right like I think that's, that's the other thing what it
0: comes down to these max schools are broke that's what it comes down to
2: and in this upcoming cycle you're probably gonna have to like you're gonna have to hope you can get like a like a like an ousted power five guy mm-hmm. on a discount right or yeah. you're gonna have to take the risk yeah, of like like, mm-hmm. like you're gonna have to go like one and 11 for at least a year <laughs> with takes- whoever you hire next
1: You got to take the Tom Arth risk is what you're saying.
2: I don't think anybody has to take that risk. (laughs) Well, Akron is in a a unique spot. Like Akron kind of got bailed out, but like kudos to Akron for going for Joe Moorhead. But like, that's, I mean, there's probably fewer than four fan. There's probably fewer than four fan bases right now that are like actually happy with their coaching situation. And like Akron's one of them just because it still has that new car spell. And like they are playing better. Right.
0: I don't know. I mean, yes, but I don't know.
2: Yeah, I mean, and, they're and just
0: like, if for anything, for whatever it's worth. Like Joe Moorhead is the kind of coach who will get poached. Like he will get poached if not in this year's market, like at least in the near future, right? And like, shit, whenever like Pitt decides to get rid of Narduzzi, am I right? But <laughs> you know, and that's. When you think of MAC coaches that like hiring a MAC coach to be poached, blah, 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 uh, kind of like the Sean Lewis or a PJ Fleck, it has to be like one of those younger guys, right? It has to be somebody who's like in their young or mid 30s and all that stuff and has the charisma and has the potential to, you know, look upward. Like you're kind of looking out for the P5 schools in that area. But like then it came to a time where it was like, okay, now we just have like no goddamn sustainability because we we're trying to get guys to get hired away. And that's we don't want to be the stepping stone conference anymore. We want to be kind of a destination place, which is why we have guys who are very happy to, you know, grind out three-win, four-win seasons in their seventh or eighth year and still keep going and try to find their version of a Frank Solich at whatever max school we're going to, which is why, you know, they kind of have the coaches that they do have now. But I don't know. That that's just more of an explainer, I guess. I think if we're looking at coaches, that schools were hired to be hired away. The only ones that have done it recently were Akron and Buffalo. Because it's not like Hammock was a guy to be hired because they're like, oh, you know what? Like Nebraska's going to hire him. Like not once has Thomas Hammock's name been floated for any job. Like Wisconsin, Nebraska, like those two, like if he had, if he wasn't an NIU grad, right? we probably would have floated his name for those already.
2: Hammocks want, dude, there's this off season going to have a lot of tough conversations about some of these guys. And it makes me sad because I wish a lot of them were better. Like if NIU doesn't like finish the season strong, that's a couple real bad seasons with that type of season sandwiched in there.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And, like, it's, I don't know, a lot of people, like, it's tough to, like, f- figure out what people are defined by, right? And I think, like, if you removed, like, circling back to Chuck Martin, like, if you remove the 2019 season, which I know is, like, if you if you remove their best season, of course, the rest look kind of bad. But it, it doesn't really feel like there was, like, ever anything, like, really building there. It was just a thing that kind of happened, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And like the same can kind of be said of like Central Michigan. Like they've sort of trended in the opposite direction from that same year in, in 2019. Um,
0: yeah, it's like everybody and just I, has like their version of a Brady Hoke.
2: Brady Hoke took like eight years though.
0: But like he's one get, of those coaches where like he ha- he has his. So I have his like stats up in front of me of like the coaches, the years that he's done. Like he had the 12 and one season when he was at Ball State, right? Uh, last year, or no, actually before even that, he went nine and four at San Diego State in twenty ten. Uh, he was a Michigan coach, eleven year, eleven win season his first year there, uh, and then just last year, twelve win season with San Diego State. But like around that, four and eight, two and nine, four and seven, five and seven, four and eight, uh, five and seven, zero <laughs> oh and two. Before you get your ass can't or no, you were an interim coach I think at the time. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> just a lot of not. Wonderful shit, but you know, yeah, Brady Hoke was just kind of there.
2: Yeah, it's hard, man. And I think like, I think Bowling Green's going to talk themselves into keeping Loffler around a little while.
0: They don't have an AD right now,
2: though. Well, whoever the next, if they win two more games.
0: If you get hired as an AD in this day and age and at like a D1 college and you're dumb enough to think like, oh, I'm in a situation with a great coach named Scott Lawler who once coached Tim Tebow. Like, (laughs) you don't deserve your job.
2: Tom Tom Tebow and Tim Brady. Um, Fair. And I kind of like what um, WMU's AD did with that situation with Tim Lester, which was, like, the results haven't been as disappointing as Bowling Green, obviously, but, like, I guess relative to expectations maybe. But, like, they basically gave him a contract extension and said it'll extend every it'll extend by one year every time you win eight games. But we're done here. I don't want to, I'm not doing another contract, right? And I don't know if that's exactly what'll happen, but like it would, that's what's in the contract is here's your extension, and then you get another year every time you win eight games. And that's sort of like a built-in like I didn't hire you, but you know, you, you get a chance to prove it.
0: I think the rollover should be with, like, nine win seasons.
2: See, that's the thing. That's why I think the contract is so funny. Because,
0: or or make like, it, like, make it distinctly, just like, give me eight, eight FPS wins.
2: Because, like, they won eight last year, and they went 4-4 four four in, in Mac play. Yeah. So, like, it, there's ways to do it. But given, like, Mac non-conference schedules, it's very difficult. Like winning eight games is pretty difficult, and in the current state of play, like you're probably putting yourself in position to win Mm -hmm. Mac titles. Which is just like to circle it all the way back to the point is that like if you're if you're looking at this conference and you're one of these guys that hasn't won a Mac title, what are you doing? Like
0: looking at you, Frank Solich.
2: Like what are you doing? Like like seriously, if you're at like if you're at Western Michigan and you're like anybody in charge there. And, like, say Miami does fire Chuck Martin. <laughs> You'd be like, well, if it wasn't good enough for Miami, why is it good enough for us, right? Right. Like, you talked about, like, disappointment with, with Chris Creighton, you know, relative to resources and all of that. Which, by the way, everything that everybody says is true of Kent State, about how, like, oh, if anybody can win there, like, that's an automatic good thing. Purdue fans might disagree. Um is all actually true of Eastern?
0: I'm telling you, man. Eastern is Kent State. Like they're the exact same. Yeah.
2: And they just play in the tougher division. Yeah. Historically, not this year, but historically.
0: And they both have another college like ten minutes away. And historically, and all that shit. But anyways.
2: Right. Um, yeah, I think I think the college close to Eastern is a little bit different than <laughs> Kent.
0: A little
2: bit, a little bit dirtier. Just a little bit, a little bit different. Um,
0: I don't go to Ann Arbor. It's dirty.
2: Heard it here for folks. <laughs> um, we've talked a lot about about the negative, but uh Buffalo. I I wrote something down that I was like thinking about Buffalo yesterday. And if you wipe clean the slate of like what we thought they would be coming into the season and then like, you know, after last year and all that stuff and like after losing to an FCS school home. So like we reasonably thought maybe they weren't that good, but like their toughest test is behind them this year. So like they're probably seven and one, six and two at worst in mm-hmm. conference play this year. And if they go like nine and three or eight and four and maybe to another title game, like that's, three division titles in five seasons across two coaches and they were like an extra point away in 2019 from doing it again
0: that that's a good like that's good programming
2: there's only one school in this conference that we associate with that type of success and i feel like
1: Mm -hmm.
2: we're like we'll wait till they do the thing there's still a lot of games left and Maxion is weird Mm -hmm. but like if buffalo does the thing and like, say they go and win it. Like we kind of got to talk about that program in the same, like they haven't done it across multiple decades yet. Like NIU has, but right. like they've only been here since, you know, 1999. <laughs> yeah. So I think like Buffalo would be at that point and like, would become like that job and they might actually have something set up there.
0: And good for them, I, man. I like, yeah. For for like a school that's like wanted it. Like, yeah. I mean, good yes. Um, I want to point out, because we know that they did lose to Holy Cross, and that's where, like, you know, a kick in the nards comes to uh, Buffalo when it comes to considering them for how good they might be if, like, if they finish the year, like, if they run the table the rest of the year, win the MAC, win their bowl game, whatever, they're not going to be ranked uh, because they lost to Holy Cross. Holy Cross is uh, the number six FCS school, still undefeated right now. Just wanted to point that out really quickly. They'd be
2: ranked. Hmm? I think they would be ranked, like, 25th if they don't lose another game and I don't they win the bowl game. They, I
0: don't think they will be. Nobody's going to rank a team a team that lost to an FCS school at the beginning of the year, at the end of the year. Like, it's, it's just not going to happen.
2: Hmm. We'll see. We shall see. Buffalo, here's your challenge. Go win all the games.
0: I would love it if Buffalo were ranked because I would love it if anybody would just be ranked like at any point.
2: That's the best shot. I mean, to, well, I guess Toledo still could be if they oh, yeah, they ran the table. Listen, if Toledo and Buffalo both run the table, like the MAC title game is going to be a banger when they rematch.
0: Oh, it will. Yeah,
2: I think like that's that's what I want. That's well, not what Caleb what, wants. Caleb I mean, wants Buffalo to fall apart because Caleb's team still has a shot here.
0: It could be Eastern Bowling Green.
2: Honestly, the attendance at that game would be awesome (laughs) That would be amazing
1: You know, I'm not a huge Sickos guy If teachers got in free, yes I'm not a huge Sickos guy It's not really my brand, it's not really my thing But an Eastern Bowling Green Mac Championship game would bring out A lot of very justified Very Aggressive Sickos (laughs)
0: great great day of being on the internet yeah true i would not
2: miss that game like i would have to be there (laughs) i'm taking my kid there this is like this is what true football is (laughs) So, is that the weirdest possible mac title game available right now that we can see it to um
0: yeah okay bowling green is the weirdest team in the east no matter what i don't care um from the west, yeah, it is eastern Michigan because they've never done it,
2: they've never been there,
0: yeah. I mean, there's still a chance that, uh, mathematically, I think Western could still do it.
2: They can't, uh, no, I mean, Western has a
0: how many, because, how many because
2: Western hasn't played Toledo yet? They actually have, yeah, Western Michigan and Ball State still have, well, Western, Eastern, and Ball State all have the best path because they haven't played Toledo yet. Um. Eastern obviously gets the first shot this weekend. but we have
0: to map it out, but I still think NIU could zombie their way back in if they felt like it. Dude, oh
2: my God. if they had won Saturday, that like watching Toledo lose and then thinking like if like if NIU – like God bless Ohio for slamming the door on that one because like if NIU had won that game and was sitting here at 2-2 two and, two and Toledo took a loss, like you just know like it would happen. Yeah. <laughs> like, It was all I could think about Saturday. I was like, God damn it, they're gonna do it again. But the Huskies are playing a bunch of close games again and just not winning them. They're like doing the same thing they did last year, but not getting the bounces. Mm -hmm. So like and they're playing without QB one. So with the exception of last week, they broke they broke broke the Rocky Lombardi glass in case of emergency last week against Eastern (laughs) and got the job done and then put them back away.
1: As much as we love to think certain teams are like there's an inevitability to, you know, certain aspects of college football, and we think about it with like NIU, it's like, ha, of course, they're doing it again. Why wouldn't they do it again? Of course, this is happening. There is such a small margin for error that really is just, hey, did your starting quarterback hurt? It's like, yep. Oh, well, Mm -hmm. your season's fucked. Sorry. And you, but we, weren't you just saying that NIU was inevitable? Yeah, but like well we didn't account for the fact that our quarterback could get hurt. It's like that dude, that could happen any year. And then yeah. you're not you're not the best team as soon as you lose your starting quarterback.
2: Yeah, I mean it could be happening to Toledo. I don't have any news on Taquan Fin, so Right. Like that would be Eastern's getting Toledo at a good time, I think.
0: Wait. So is the East, hold on, oh no, I forgot, John Paddock never went down, so I was going to say, like, the East has one, two, three, and then DJ Irons and Akron, so four teams with their quarterbacks that never went down, and then the West only has Ball State with just John Paddock, which never went down to its QB2 either, but everybody else, I mean Daquan Finn, pending, but we're assuming Daquan Finn, we shouldn't be, but we are,
2: I haven't seen anything saying that other that he's not going to play or anything like that. So, but it is only Monday or Sunday.
0: Yeah, they won't tell us until uh, game time. Yeah. And also, I'll be in Columbus, so I won't be able to tell you from the sidelines. <laughs> I won't be able to tell you at 11 a.m. Sorry. I would love to.
2: That uh, I'm really I'm super interested in Toledo Bowling Green on November 15th. I. Because, you know, like I said, Buffalo turns people over a lot, and that might be a bad matchup for Toledo. uh, And that could just be the long and short of it. Like, Bowling Green turns people over a lot, too.
0: Is that a Saturday game? Honestly, it might be.
2: No, it can't be. No, it's Tuesday.
0: Wait, it's Tuesday? Ooh, you want to go? It's
2: a Tuesday. Family road trip?
0: Well,
1: Caleb, Caleb, you live a little bit far, but...
2: Wait, is it, in, is it at the Glass Bowl or the Doid? If it's at the Doid, I'm not going.
1: I don't know. High school football season's over for me, so maybe I can finally justify a weekend trip.
0: Yeah, boys trip. Well, it's it's on a Tuesday, so you still have school.
1: Yeah, well, no, forget that. <laughs> Freaking children, man, I swear. It's
0: a Tuesday. It's in. It's at the Glass Bowl.
2: At the Glass Bowl, okay. I, I can go. Yay! Uh- I could probably do that.
0: Yeah, we can get some Tony Packos.
2: Let's do it.
0: Is there anything else that we have to hit on from this weekend? I know there's a lot of things that were left unsaid, but I think, uh, uh, I think we kind of hit on enough. I mean, shit, we're already an hour into this thing.
2: Yeah, it's true. And there's not much to preview because everyone basically, has, I mean. Yeah, there's two games, and we'll be talking again after those two.
0: Two pivotal games, though, man. Two really important games at noon, if you want to brace it. Uh, Miami, Akron, Toledo, (sighs) Eastern. So you got the juggernauts at the bottom of the East and the top of the West.
2: Okay, they're going to fire truck Martin if he loses to Akron, right? (sighs) Like, for sure
1: no I feel like they'd still wait till the season
2: well I mean like that would be like the inflection point right like they wouldn't need to see anymore like he's done enough there that he's not a guy that you would just like send off especially that late in the season but like they would be like yeah it's probably over right I don't know what his contract details are so that it might all be a moot point if it's too much money but
1: yeah don't know the, the details to that either so Be a bad loss. I will say the one point we hadn't really considered yet, and this isn't, it's not necessary entirely, but I'm curious if you guys have any thoughts. We are halfway through Mac play. Is that of any consequence to you that we're like halfway through those games and the standings are not exactly what any of us probably imagined?
0: I love that. I love that idea. Are you kidding me? That's my favorite part. That's why I keep coming back and doing the predictions. Because I'm like, this is fucking stupid. I don't know anything. (laughs) Like, this is really the best part of it. Like, I really believe, like, this is, like, the best part of the Max season. is just, like, looking at the standings and being like, you're all in it. It's it's when people start to move. And, like, I I shouldn't believe in the number five, you know, the number five team in the division. But, like. I shouldn't believe in the number one team in the division either. So anybody could be left at any point. Like it's, yeah, I love, love, love the, like the stupid variance in this league.
2: The, uh, this is a cool point because I, I think, what year was it that Ball State started? They started like 4 0 in MAC play and then like lost the rest of the game.
0: That was 2017.
2: Was it that long ago? Uh, hold on. They started uh, three. They, they... started three and zero in Mac play in 2019, the year before they won the title, and then they th- um, lost all but the final game against Miami.
0: Hold on, I remember the 2017 as, like they had a good like first like couple of non-conference games, and then that's when like
2: that <laughs> they lost 55 to three to Western Michigan. Um, they. But that I was, was in on
0: them. I was in on them early. I remember that. So.
2: Yeah, I remember, I think I wrote, like, an article or, like, a part of an article called The Ball State Trap, which is that they, under Mike New, they always played really, really well in the non-conference. No matter how strong the schedule was, they'd always play well and then just absolutely shit their pants when they got the MAC play. And then, like, I waited too long to publish it because I think, like, the very next year they won the MAC title. (laughs) But it was true for, you know, 2017 to 2019.
0: Of all the coaches that, like... Stay like stay too long and get stale and all that. Mike New is actually good though. Like Mike New can stay. Of all the ones that like, I think like, eh, I don't, I, don't, I wouldn't miss you if you left because you've been here for too long. Mike New, I would really miss him because I think he's actually really good.
1: Agree.
2: I think he's not as good as the guy he replaced, and the guy he replaced just got caught up in a bad era of like NIU dominance.
0: I don't think that guy ever wanted to like be a head coach again after that, though.
2: Well, no, he left to be like the offensive coordinator at Rice or something, right? Special teams. Special war, yeah. Listen, I, like, mad respect to Pete Lembo. Like, that, team, like, he was producing ranked teams and winning nine games, but because he was running up against, like, <laughs> like, you don't expect when you're a head coach in the MAC to run up against fucking Heisman I, Trophy candidates. I wonder that's what, what happened. I wonder how
0: good of a job Pete Lembo could do in this day and age, like, with, you know, as the head coach with, like, Transfer Portal and NIL and everything, like, well, everything else. And, like, looking
2: day, at the strength of the conference right now, like, I can't I have to imagine like Pete Lembo and Bill Cubit are like sharing a beer being like these kids. Yeah. Don't know how good they have it. Cause you used to go nine and three in the Mac and like finish third in the division. <laughs> that doesn't happen anymore.
0: Should we round this out with uh, our top three, bottom three, whatever the hell?
2: Sure, someone else go first though, because I don't think I have all three. All
0: right. So- I didn't
2: do my homework, Dad.
0: That's oh, okay. I I I barely snuck mine in. I'm gonna get started. Um, I got three guys. I just have three guys. Um, guy number one, Ricky Schneider. He was a quarterback for Bowling Green from uh, ninety seven to two thousand. You're gonna yeah. Now you're gonna love this one. You're you're gonna shit your pants. You're gonna shit your pants when you hear this name. Same years, nineteen ninety seven to two thousand. This guy was a wide receiver for Miami in those years. Sly Johnson. It's a great name. It's a great name. All right. Here's a good one. Here's a good one. It's not as good as Sly Johnson, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, this guy was an offensive lineman for Toledo from 2007 to 2011. First name, not so fun. Last name, eh. Mike Vandermullen. M-E-U-L-E-N for the Mullen part. Ricky Schneider, Sly Johnson, Mike, Vander Mullen. Three guys. Caleb,
1: do you have three things? Yeah, we'll see if my voice can last for three things. Um, I was going to give mine to three defensive players. First off, me and Marcus Fuqua from Buffalo. We already mentioned him previously, three interceptions. Um Fun year of multiple MAC guys kind of doing a, having a lot of really eye-popping stats in the interceptions department. Uh, it was a like, uh, Quinion Mitchell who did it a few weeks ago at four interceptions against NIU, right? So kind of kind of fun to check those extra stats. I'm just as excited by the like the really random, like gaudy defensive stats or special team stats. It's fun to look go back and look through those. Uh, Western Michigans defense from this past week um it was andre carter and uh corvin uh what's corvin's last name moment. justin moment moment uh, both of them three plus tackles for loss against miami i know miami's playing like garbage for all we know miami could turn it on next week i think that's an under discussed point that we didn't really even talk about I man yeah they look bad they deserve they look bad they deserve to lose they deserve the ire they're drawing but it's also not far fetched that the offense might just figure it out. Maybe Gabbard and Hip and Hammer and Marshall and they all just kind of and cold Iron and all those dudes just kind of you know start riding the riding the wave after they've seen Gabbard a few times. So um, anyway, not to get too far from the point, uh, moment and Carter having a really nice game for Western Michigan, uh, Fuqua having a really good game for Buffalo, and then Ohio, whose defense really. Hadn't done anything in the non-conference. We watched Fordham put up 53 points against them. Um, I know Northern Illinois is not on their first string quarterback, but the defense kept them in the game. Um, the offense wasn't exceptional compared to the past games. And uh, the Bobcats are doing things in conference play with their defense. They really did not expect work, did not blow anybody out of the water against NIU. Um, so the, the three things was that and Keith Thompson having a, a really good game. For Ohio, uh, two and a half tackles for loss, 14 tackles overall.
2: Dang. Um, So, like I said, I didn't do my homework properly. I'm going to read you verbatim what I have in my notes. I have a a header that says top three, and then it has just two bullet points, but one of them's empty. And the first bullet point just says the Wagon Wheel Trophy. What a nice trophy just have some appreciation for that as a trophy that's all that i wrote down good one um to borrow from a note that i didn't mention during the game this isn't like a top thing or bottom thing just found it kind of interesting bg sort of clobbered central michigan on the scoreboard but all of bowling Green's scoring drives were from their own 25 and then the cmu 40 the 50 yard line the cmu 28 the cmu 36 and a fumble recovery for a touchdown okay
0: so, Um, so bowling green's offense isn't good
2: no, I think um, it was, it's funny. QBR is a stat that I don't fully understand and I think is widely kind of maligned, but it is kind of funny that like Matt McDonald only threw three incompletions for the day, but his QBR was like 40. It's because he got sacked six times. I think sacks are factored in. Um,
1: very, very weird offensive day for Bowling Green.
2: And boom goes the dynamite.